This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, guys, Jaime Harin. Harin. It's good close. It's close. It's good. Yeah, it's good. The longest tenured broadcaster in Major League Baseball will retire after the 2022 season, his 64th with the Dodgers, the organization announced today. The 85-year-old started calling the Dodgers in Spanish in 1959, the franchise's second year in Los Angeles. That's a very long time. Wow. He was the second Spanish-language broadcaster inducted into the Hall of Fame as the Ford C. Frick Award winner in 1998. That year, he also received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Harin said he will only call the Dodgers 81 home games in 2022. End that of an era, amazing. huh? That, that is uh, incredible. Yeah, look, first of all, a legend, an absolute legend. And yes, he is only one of two uh, Latino uh, Spanish language broadcasters in the, ML, in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. The other one being uh, Felo Ramirez, who actually was uh, the Marlins uh, broadcaster for many years. And before that, uh, he did uh, a number of, of teams. So those two guys had been broadcasting forever. Um, and look, man, I, I just look at with Jaime specifically, you want to talk about not just the voice of a generation. After, you know, he's been there for 63 years. So yeah, like three you're talking about the voice of several generations, yeah, right. okay? Right. Like that is unheard of. It, it's what – look, the, what makes the Dodgers special, we could do a laundry list of things for sure. But it's that, right? It's you had Vin Scully – it's you had Jaime Harin for so long. Uh, I, I think that just that part of the equation, and maybe that's just also the broadcast dork in me, um, and I think baseball is such an intimate sport with their fans, the way that you storytell. Uh, it, it, it's just what an incredible run by this man. Like, And yeah. he deserves all the flowers, and I'm glad that they're giving him like a year as well for people to recognize, and he'll do the 81 home games, and everyone will get to celebrate him that way. You know, it's amazing. I had read about this earlier today, and he's 85 years old and still showing up every day, still going on the road, you know? I mean, this is an amazing accomplishment to be 85 years old and still working the marathon that is a baseball season. And I thought his quote earlier today that I had read was was really interesting. He said, I think it's a good time to put an end to my 64-year vacation because my job is a vacation because I like it so much. And I've decided to put an end to my vacation and dedicate myself to my role in the house and to travel. Think about what we're talking about here. I've got goosebumps thinking about it. No joke. He's 85. I'm retiring, and I'm going to go on and live the rest of my life. Dude, you're 85. I mean, this is, this is so amazing. I have so much respect for these guys. I don't know, George, think you'll be working at 85? No, hell no. I'd just be happy to be alive at 85. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that's true. It is true. I hell told somebody no. the other day, I told somebody the other day, I'm like, hey, I'm 50, and you know what? I'm middle-aged. And they said, no, you're not middle-aged. And I said, sure I am. And they said, no, because that presumes you're going to live to at least 100. Correct. And the likelihood of you living to 100 is probably pretty low. So you're not middle-aged. You're on the backside. 
you're on the you're you're on the downside, man. Hey Jaime, uh, congratulations, brother. That is amazing. Incredible career. Yeah, incredible career, incredible broadcaster, just, you know, a legend all the way around. So that is what you need to know, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, yeah, you know, the Rams are undefeated, right? Uh, the Raiders are undefeated. The Cardinals mm-hmm. are undefeated. The Broncos are undefeated. The Panthers are undefeated. All those teams are 3-0. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a quick question. Go ahead. How many of those teams right now do you think are better than let's say the Chiefs or the Bucks, right? I mean, the Rams probably, well, the Rams for sure, I, I think are the best team in football through three weeks. Fair? Fair. Now, are the Raiders better than the Chiefs? Like if they played right now. If they played right now, the Raiders could beat the Chiefs. In other words, they have they beaten have. the Last Chiefs. Last year they were one and one. Yeah. But, but if I have to think about it overall, the Chiefs, I would say, if you, if you told me that the Chiefs and the Raiders are going to play 10 times, I'll say the Chiefs will win 7 out of 10 times. So if I think the, the Chiefs are the better Bucks, than the Raiders. If, okay, that, that's, my, that's my question. How many, how many games, if they play 10 times against the Bucks, how many do the Raiders win? Maybe three. Okay. What do you think? Um, what about the Broncos? Are they better than the Chiefs right now? Or the or the Bucks? Like in a game? Like if they played no. a game tomorrow? Absolutely not. No. No way. Car- Cardinals? You give them any chance? Yeah. I give the Cardinals a chance against the Rams and the Bucks. And in, in this case, I think you were talking about the Chiefs. I give I give the Cardinals a chance, but I'll I'll say the same thing. If you put the the, the Cardinals up against the Chiefs or the Bucks, I'll take the other two teams seven out of ten times. Okay. And the Panthers? I give the Panthers Five. Uh, no, no. Check that. The other way around. I'd say that the Buccaneers will beat the Panthers eight out of ten times, and the Chiefs will beat the Panthers eight out of ten times. I, I have. I don't have a lot of confidence right now in the Panthers. I've only seen them one time, and with Christian McCaffrey out, and how long is he going to be out? So I'm not particularly bought in yet on the on the the Carolina Panthers. Are you? Um. No. I mean, they got a good defense, and I think Sam Donald's playing like good um, complimentary football. But I, I am curious. That's why I, I asked because I wanted to – I mean, I want to talk Lakers here too as well over the next you know segment and a half or whatever we have here before we play Big Deal or No Deal. But I, I wanted to squeeze in one more football conversation because it kind of dawned on me like I was having this conversation with just a friend earlier and he was like – you know, he's a big Raiders fan. And he was just like, man, Raiders are bleeping good, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, they, they're good. They've got good wins. I, I'm excited for them. But push comes to shove, I said to him, you don't think like they're better than like the Chiefs or the Bucks right now or the Rams, do you? And he's like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, bro, come on. Like, you know. Now, again, a one-game situation, you never know, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. And I believe, you know, I said this yesterday, I think the Raiders are a playoff team, but I, I still feel like the season is a long one, even though it, 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 in theory it's not 17 games. But it, every quarter, every four or five games, I feel like teams adjust. And they get used to kind of what you're doing. The game planning gets better. There's more tape on everybody. And I think it becomes more difficult to win as the season progresses. Fair or unfair? Oh, totally fair. But I think that to your point, yeah, it, you know, in a, game, in a season where there were 16 games, obviously they added a 17th and they reduced the, the preseason this year. But in a 16-game season, that's how you would chop it up. 
four quarters. So after the first four weeks, you'd evaluate where you are and you'd see where you, what you like, what you don't like, you know, what's available out there, what could possibly help the team. And of course, George, the biggest thing in all of this for an NFL team is the health of the team. And I look at the Raiders and I say, you know what? The Raiders are 3-0, and and that's damn impressive given the fact that they've got injuries along their offensive line, injuries in their, in their backfield, um, and most of this has really been about the performance of Derek Carr. But again, you're, you're talking about five teams that are undefeated. The Raiders, Broncos, Rams, Cardinals, and Panthers, all undefeated. Here are the Chiefs, George, at 1-2. and two. I'll take the Chiefs over all five of, excuse me, all four of those teams other than one, and that's the Rams. I would right. say the Rams are better than the Chiefs, but the Raiders, Broncos, Cardinals, and Panthers are not better than the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I want to have a full Lakers discussion on the other side, so we're going to break early, okay? We're going to break early. We're actually on time, actually. Right? Which is early for time, us. Right. For the first time on the show. Yeah, early for us is an excellent point. So, uh, because I had a hot take today on national television about the Lakers, okay? And it was met with, Oh, that was the response. Oh, but then kind of like, yeah, I could see that, you know, like initial surprise. But then to your point, you know, you know how you say you are. What was the phrase you used? You are persuadable, persuadable, open minded. Yes. Uh, so Ramona Shelburne and Kendrick Perkins were persuaded a little bit by my position. And it involved the Lakers and one of their star players. And I'll tell you who and what on the other side. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's good jam. You remember this movie? I do. Yeah. River Phoenix and the, you know, all those kids, basically. Those young remember, kids remember who the, became all famous, uh, you know, after the fact. Sure. Who was the kid that was the uh, the big dude who got into the blueberry pie eating competition and then puked all over everybody? Who's that? Oh, um, God, what is his name? Lard Butt. They like to say in the censored version on TV. Oh, I thought you meant the uh, the the actor though. Um, you meant the character that... or the actor? Cat? Yeah, I meant the actor. Who's that? Isn't that Jerry O'Connell? I think you yeah, might be right. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was who it was. Stand by me, um, Jerry O'Connell. By the way, who is not uh, you know who was a chubby kid, but was not a, you know he's a very he looks like him and Jason Bateman can be like doppelgangers of each other. Yeah, um, yeah. But Jerry O'Connell was actually, I saw him on with Jim Hill a couple of weeks ago during a Chargers preseason game, I want to say. Like, they were doing this bit where he was like, uh, like you know, because remember, he played uh, Cushman in the movie Jerry Maguire, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, I think he's a Charger fan, actually. I, I think I've, I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, when remember I, in the movie, he, you know, you know, the whole line was, uh, you know, Jerry's like, "Do you want to go to Denver, San Diego?" And then Bo Bridges, his father's like, "Well, he's got to go number one," and uh, and he's like, <laughs> "He'll either surf or ski." And he's like, "Yeah, man, I got Kushlash, Kushlash, Kushlash." 
And then he found out that, uh, you know, Bob Sugar signed him and all that stuff. It was a disaster. So, yeah, Jerry O'Connell. He is. Yeah, but I saw him with Jim Hill doing Chargers preseason stuff, which was funny. I love Jim Hill. Shout out, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, Ever go to a Laker game and sit in the press room with Jim Hill and let him tell you stories? Man, he got stories to tell of days. You know, you don't realize. I mean, I say you. People don't realize. I mean, Jim Hill played in the NFL. You know, yeah. played for the Green he Bay did. Packers, he did. He did. and yeah. um, and he got some great stories to tell. I'll tell you that right now. He does. He has a lot of great stories, um, and you know, look, he's an, an impeccable broadcaster. You know, we were just talking about Jaime Harring as a legend. I mean, so is Jim Hill. Um, you know, that, there's no doubt about that. And by the way, like that song "Stand by Me" is you know, to Chris's point in the in the open he did. I mean, that is like you know was playing in every household here in, in Southern California, you know, for many, many years and probably still in some households. So. Well, you know, you talked about Jaime for a minute. We talked about Vin. I can just tell you this. I remember moving to San Diego from New York City in April of 2001. And the first thing I wanted to do was go to a Laker game and meet Chick Hearn. And I drove from San Diego up to L.A., went to the Staples Center, got in, and I knew Rick Fox a little bit from, you know, his days on the uh, TV show Oz, which was filmed in New York. And I knew a whole bunch of people associated with it. So I'd met Rick a couple times on the set. So I went to see Rick before the game. And I said, you know what? I'm here to meet Chick Hearn. And I went to, to meet Chick, which turned into a really great relationship for a very short period of time before he died. But I would have him on the radio all the time. That's one thing. I don't know if everybody realizes. I mean, you know Vin Scully. You, we just talked about Jaime. Chick before that, Jim Hill. I mean, there are guys who've had careers where it, it's like their entire life has played yeah. out on the radio yeah. or TV and has become part of your life. And Jim yeah. and Chick and all these guys were part of that. Yeah, and for sure. And, you know, it's, it's funny because certain songs resonate, I think. Like in, and, and I love, like, my people. And by my people, I mean Hispanics and Latinos. Uh, like that song, you know, I mentioned it's very much a song, you know, regardless of your background, right? Played a lot, you know. I, are you like a weekend music person? When you say weekend music, do you mean like... Um, like a Saturday, Sunday morning, just blaring music in the house or no? Um, not really, no. That wasn't a thing, like, for you growing up? Um, the I mean, American it's fine it's not, 40. I'm just asking. No, I mean, American Top 40 on Sunday mornings, I was, as a kid, I would listen from the beginning right. till the end. Yeah, well, that, yeah. So, but as an adult, like, I don't do it as much as I used to, but I do like one of two things either playing music in the house or while well, I do stuff or making sure I get in the car and take a ride somewhere for like some distance so I can get some tunes in, you know, on the weekend. I do like that. I do like that approach. But stand by me. Like, I've always, you know, it's funny. I've certain songs resonate in certain communities, and I just could speak to that community. Like, I, I feel like that song resonates for a, a number of reasons. If you look at the lyrics and whatnot. Um, and certainly anybody kind of in the struggle is what I would say. Um, but I also, it's funny, I had this conversation with a buddy of mine um, who grew up here, uh, Mexican kid, and he was like, the, the love for Morrissey in the, in, the, in the Mexican community here in L.A. is incredible. And I, I loved it because we just spent like 25 minutes like talking about it. Uh, I love that kind of music, that kind of new age, like, uh, you know, retro or whatever kind of music, like um, – Morrissey, The Cure, Depeche Mode, like that era of music to me is fascinating. And it, it is wild how just like some of these bands, like they play for everyone, but some of them play for audiences you wouldn't think that they play for. You know what I mean? Like in regards to uh, the fan bases of these audiences. So, 
Yeah, I can tell you that um, I'm still, I, I when I get my car, I will turn on Sirius Satellite and I will, because I'm, I'm an AM sports talk listener, but if I'm going to listen to music, I turn on Sirius and I have two channels, Pearl Jam and The Grateful Dead. And this Friday and Saturday night, George, I am going to be flying to try and get to this Ohana Festival in Dana Point on Friday night because Pearl Jam is playing both nights. And I've been a fan since, you know, like the early 90s. I can see exactly where I was. I can see what kind of car I was driving as I was sitting in a parking lot listening to a particular Pearl Jam song. And in all these years, 30 years of loving this band, I have never seen them live, not one time. And wow. I'm planning on seeing then them Then I don't Friday think you night. love them very much. Kind of like you don't love Andrew Siciliano, I feel like. Well, I definitely do not love Andrew Siciliano <laughs> anywhere near as much as I love Eddie Vedder. And Andrew Siciliano is not in my home on Sunday. Scott Hansen is. And I have never seen Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam live. Yeah. And I will yeah. see them both Friday yeah. and Saturday night. So, Eddie, and everybody who's listening, Mike, and everybody from the you're band. You're making up for it. You're doing it twice. Yeah. I'm, right. But I'm also going to get there late. Yeah. So if you guys could either A, start late, or B, play later on Friday night, I would personally yeah. really appreciate that. We'll, we'll put in the word. Uh, Laura just texted us and said that uh, merengue rancheras, that meant you cleaned the house on those days. Yeah, I, I, listen, I grew up in a house like that, so I, I, you know, I, I get it. I get what she was saying. Linz, was there a, a music in the house on the weekends or no? Yeah, I mean, we used to go to my grandparents every weekend. Like, you know, there's four kids in my family, so my dad would take all of us to – his parents. It was like, get out of the house type of thing. Let, let my mom clean and do whatever. And I would always listen to classic rock with my dad on the weekends. Like, I yeah. remember that. That's a big yeah. part of me growing up was like. Doing stuff in the yard or whatever and... your dad was doing or whatever was going yeah. on in the house. Right. Yeah. 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 It's actually Probably funny you say that. Mash, all that stuff. It is funny you say that, though, Lindsay, because, you know, my three girls, my daughters, 19, 17, 14, they love pop music. They love hip hop music. They don't know classic rock, so anytime they're in my car, I turn on the Pearl Jam channel and I sing at the top of my lungs. And they are? They are obviously repulsed. <laughs> Listen, you know, Pearl disgusted. Jam is, is a hard thing to sing. Like yeah. that's not easy. You're no. not any better. I know that. No, but I want them to understand that I feel that, and I want them to have some rock and roll in their DNA. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Well, I mean, they also this is, is this before or after you ask them 37 questions before you leave the house? Yeah, this is when I get into the car and I go, "Hey, you want me to ask you a bunch of questions?" They're like, "No." Then, I, then get ready because I'm about to sing to you. <laughs> By the way, Mason, Texas, great point. Uh, Stand by me. All went to number one twice. Um, to your, uh, you know, because of the movie after the fact, and then obviously the first time. So, pretty cool stuff. Hey, real quick, speaking of cool stuff, I had a hot take today on uh, on the jump. You ready for it? On Let the me Lakers. Hear it. Let me hear it. So I looked at the MVP odds, right? Mm -hmm, MVP mm -hmm. odds in the NBA. Got it. And LeBron was not in the top five. Okay. And uh, I believe it was Luca, Embiid, Durant, Giannis, and Steph. And then it was Dame, LeBron, Jokic, uh, Trey Young, Devin Booker, James Harden. Um, Anthony Davis was like 12th. And you know what? Anthony Davis, if you look at it historically over the last several years, even when he was with the Pelicans, has been in that kind of top five conversation because, mm -hmm. as Richard Jefferson said, Anthony Davis is a top five talent, but he hasn't shown to be consistently a top five player. Well, I made the pick this year. I think it's the AD redemption tour. I think last year was a disaster. He was it didn't seem to be in the right shape. He didn't seem to be in the right frame of mind. Despite that, they were still twenty three and five when he was healthy to start the season. I think 
er, uh, you know, McMiniman and I had this conversation today on TV that he said he told Anthony Davis, and I agree with him, that pretty much all this rests on him in a lot of ways because he's the difference between the Lakers and the Nets. The Nets have nobody that can guard Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis can pretty much guard anybody on the Nets. Like, he is the human cheat code for the Lakers. So the Lakers' success will rely on Anthony Davis. And I know that he's got things working against him like LeBron on his team. But I think Anthony Davis, that's my hot take, is this year's MVP. And I'm riding that one. Well, I love that you've got this hot take. And um, I'm going to say this. Just the exact same way that I had my doubts about what Matthew Stafford might be for the Rams, and he is by far and away exceeding my expectations. He is better than advertised. I hope that you're right because I think, and I think a lot of other people feel the same way I feel, which is I would like to see Anthony Davis. I don't care if he wins the MVP. I could care less. If he does, and it's a great individual honor, and by the way, if he does, I would say that LeBron will play a big role in Anthony Davis's success to get him to an MVP. But I got to see Anthony Davis get healthy and be able to show up every night and be on the floor. And, and it drives me nuts that he's, he's on the floor as often as he is, meaning he's constantly falling to the ground. I know you and I have talked about this before. I think it's a great hot take because um, he's not – I'm looking at the odds right now googling while talking and it would be it would be a shocker at least the way vegas sees it that anthony davis becomes the mvp and i'm guessing it's mostly because people have questions like i have which is can you play the full season and be healthy and i don't mean every single game i get it guys get you know little nicks and bruises and stuff and need a night off but anthony davis got to play george this year 70 games with that 72 games I mean, he's got to play the vast majority of the games to, yeah. to win the MVP. Yeah. yeah, and I think he will. I think he's on the redemption tour this year. I Look, he is as gifted a player as we have in the entire game. We don't have, I don't think, um, a big man that is as versatile as him. I think he is arguably, arguably, one of the most versatile big men I've seen because people forget, Scott Kaplan, that Anthony Davis – was a point guard basically in high school and then he shot up like a bazillion inches <laughs> and then had to play like a, learn to play like a big man and defensively he was able to do that quickly offensively it took him a minute to kind of learn to do that and he did that at Kentucky and then certainly at the in the NBA he became more and more uh, well-rounded but he's got the inside game the outside game you know, in theory, you want to take mid-range shots, but that's pretty much whatever, what, you know, you want everybody to take for the most part because it's the least efficient shot. But he is got it all. Like, he can handle. For a guy who's, like, seven feet tall, he's ridiculously athletic. And he defends like a monster. Like, he's a defensive player of the year candidate pretty much every year. But, I, I, again, it's why I call him the cheat code because I don't think there is another being on the planet that is built – like him and can play like him when it comes to the game of basketball. Well, I hope you're right. I really do because I love the word redemption and I love when athletes look at um, a situation and they say, you know what? Last year was a monster disappointment. I can remember you and I were sitting here on the air. We were watching uh, Milwaukee and just as we were going off the air, it was like it was like 6.57 in the evening. Just as we were going off the air, I'm like, oh no, Giannis just went down. 
and it looked like he hurt his knee, and it looked like it was going to be a serious injury. And we all know what Giannis ultimately did. He came back, he played, he, he exceeded the expectation, and he ultimately led his team to a championship. I want to see Anthony Davis not come back because he got hurt at the end of a game. I want to see him come back this season, redeem himself, redeem the Lakers, get them back to where they belong, I love the word redemption. I hope you're right. It is a hot take given the odds against him. I just want to see Anthony Davis healthy. If Anthony Davis plays 72 games this year, he got a legitimate shot, and the Lakers will have a real opportunity to be champions again. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, coming up next, big deal or no deal, everyone's favorite segment here in the 6 o'clock hour. That's coming up in three minutes. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Speaking of big deals, big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's right, Linz? Well, guys, Memphis Grizzly point guard John Morant has yet to appear in an NBA All-Star dunk contest. And he's not likely to either after the comments that he made today in an interview with Bleacher Report. When asked what it would take for him to participate in the dunk contest, he said that he would only do it for, get this, $1 million. Morant said that he was not happy with the result of the 2020 contest, believing Aaron Gordon should have won over Derrick Jones Jr., and said that former players should be the judges because they know the criteria the best. So, is John Morant wanting $1 million just to play in the dunk contest a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, it's a big deal because he's right. Um, they pay, I think the dunk contest winner gets like 40 grand or something ridiculous like that. Um, and I know you're going to say 40,000, a lot of money. Okay. We're talking context here. Okay. Uh, and also, do you want to know what the home run derby winner gets? Tell me a million dollars. Really? Yeah. So if that's the deal then that should be the deal. If I were the NBA, I'd step up. As a matter of fact, tomorrow on the jump, if we do that topic, I'm going to tell him to step it up. Did you say, though, Lindsay, he wants a million dollars as the purse for the prize? Well, they asked him, what would it take for you to agree to do the dunk contest? And he said a million dollars. So it sounds like he wants a million dollars just to just to be in it. Right. No, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't interpret it that way when I read okay. the quote, but that, I could be wrong. Yeah, well, I, I, that's the way I interpreted the way Lindsay set it up. So for well, me, she literally asked, she said, what would it take for you to decide, you know what, I'm going to do the dunk contest. And he said, a million dollars. Okay. So yeah, for me, as in like, so I, I mean, I interpret it as the, as the grand prize, as like the okay. winner takes a million. All right. I'm going to interpret it as you expect me to do this, so pay me a million dollars and I'll do it. Now, whether I win or not is immaterial. I just want to be paid for being in it. And for me, that is no deal. I mean, the dunk contest is hardly contingent on this young man being in it. Um, so for me, no deal whatsoever. The dunk contest goes on with or without him, with or without a million-dollar purse at the end of it. So for me, it's no deal. 
Uh, I'm sure a lot more people would watch with him in it. That's all I'm saying. Really? Like How they, many yeah, more? And a lot more percentage. guys would compete if it was for a million dollars. Now that's like the different. Baseball home run derby. Now that's different. Now if, if there was a million dollars to win, then you might actually inspire the true stars, the big name brand players, to actually be in it. That's a different deal. Okay. Next. Fair enough. On to the next one. On to the next one. So Jesse Palmer, remember him? He's going to step into Chris Harrison's shoes to hand out roses on ABC's The Bachelor as he has been named the new host of the hit dating show. Palmer, a TV broadcaster and former NFL quarterback, starred as The Bachelor himself in Season 5 back in 2004. But as of now, Palmer is officially signed on for Season 26 of The Bachelor, which will air in 2022. And insiders explain that the idea is for Palmer to continue with the franchise in the future both on the flagship Bachelor and the Bachelorette. So no more Chris Harrison. Jesse Palmer's taken over. Is this replacement of such an iconic host of such a big show, is this a big deal or no deal, Cap? I'm going to say it's a big deal. It's funny you call Chris Harrison an iconic host. He's iconic in that. He is in that show. Well, right. No, no, he is. He was, he was a very lucky guy to have been cast in that role. And then he was a very fortunate guy to have maintained and held on to that role. So, I mean, I don't think Chris Harrison is any sort of special talent. It's just that he was really famous because he was on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Um, I think Jesse Palmer can do a fine job. He knows the franchise. He's a really good-looking guy. Um, he's a good broadcaster. And I think Jesse can do a fine job. Um, so, for me, I, I'm going to say it's a big deal because... For Jesse Palmer, it's a really big deal. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of national TV FaceTime. That's a lot of crossover from just college football talk to, like, real American pop culture talk. So for Jesse Palmer, I'm going to say this is a really big deal. Uh, it is a big deal, and good for Jesse. Jesse also was a contestant on The Bachelor. Um, it's right. the only season you of The Bachelor that. I've ever watched. Yeah. Okay, I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, um, I'm gonna pull, I no, I'm, I, I said it, so I'm going to pull a, a Sedano I'm just busting on your you, balls, Sedano. by the way. Yeah, give you a taste of your own medicine. I just said that. Yeah. Uh, right, and the difference is <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I screwed up, instead of trying to make excuses for it. No, I usually don't make so, excuses. I just say I didn't hear you say it. I just like to like stir the pot a little. So I, I think because of his stature within that particular show, and people are familiar with him, um, I think it makes sense. I think it's a big deal for him. He has crossed over a million times over anyway. Now he's not just a college football guy or an NFL guy. He's on um, he's on one of those, like, not Entertainment Tonight, but yeah, something, something like, like that. that. I think yeah, it's that Daily like Mail that. show or whatever, yeah. which is kind of like one of those uh, TMZ-ish type shows. He does that show. Like, he's on a bunch of stuff. He's but, on George, a bunch I can of remember Jesse stuff. Palmer. I, I can remember him in, like, the mid-'90s. This is how long ago it was being a superstar high school quarterback in Canada and then going to play, as I recall, for Steve Spurrier at the University of Florida. And, you know, this guy, he was, he was never a great NFL quarterback. It's not like he made his money because he was a superstar quarterback in the NFL who got lucky and got into TV. He wasn't a star quarterback in the NFL, even though he was with the New York Giants. Uh, he was never really a big star. So credit to him. Good for Jesse. Right. On to the next On one. the next one. Okay, so here's one that I think you guys will enjoy. Well, I don't know if you'll enjoy it, but either way. So fewer men than women are attending college these days, which is leading to a mating crisis 
NYU professor Scott Galloway told CNN this week, women made up 59.5% of college students at the end of last school year, which is an all-time high. And that's in comparison to 40.5% of men enrolled in college. Quote, we have a mating, in- mating inequality in the country, Galloway said, adding that women with college degrees don't want to partner with men who don't hold a degree. The most right. dangerous person in the world is a broken, alone male, and we are producing too many of them, Galloway said. <laughs> he also said the problem is much bigger than just the current numbers because men tend to drop out at greater rates than women. College is becoming the domain of women and not men, he said. Is this potential mating crisis in college a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say that I need I'm going to say no deal because I need more 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 details. Right. I need more information. I need more research. Uh, I need to see a larger sample size. All these things as to whether this is going to create a mating problem. Um, I think that there are a lot of people now um, over the last you know decade or so that have dropped out of college, particularly men, because they have become entrepreneurs. Uh, in one way, shape, or form. And there has been more people that have created that path and blazed that trail, and more and more people are attacking that particular path. Um, I also think that for many years, you know, I mean, we want to go way back into history, not that I need to do a history lesson, right? There weren't enough women going to colleges (laughs) Um, for a million different reasons, okay? So I think that that, uh, while I I understand his premise, I need to see a little more... um, info i would say or a larger sample size i'm gonna go flip side on this one i'm gonna say this is a big deal and here's why for all the moms and dads out there that have 16 17 18 year old boys that are stuck in their rooms playing video games and they're not interested in going to college telling you right now you go tell your son hey you know why you should go because there's like 60 percent girls and only 40% dudes. I mean, mm, this, I never this, thought of that. This is party time, pal. I mean, this is you're going to be a guy, you're going to be so in demand because there is not enough supply. So get out of your room, put down the joystick, go start applying to colleges and get out there and have a good time. This is the motivation what? young men need to get back into school. So it's funny that this subject came up. I had a um, and not is not a a complete apples to apples discussion. But when I was um, in Minnesota, I was visiting some friends, um, uh, f- young lady friend of mine and her husband invited me over for dinner. And, um, you know, I've known her for 20 years. Right. So um, met, you know, met her husband for the first time and her kids for the first time it was pretty awesome to be around them. And one of the discussions we got into after a couple bottles of wine was about kids and college. Right. And, you know, he he and I were making the case of what I just said, right? There's a lot more, particularly males, dropping out of college to start businesses, whether it's online businesses or whatever, this, that, and the other, going the entrepreneurial route, right? Um, And she responded, which I understood. She said, look, man, she's, uh, you know, of Indian background, not Native American, like Indian from India. Um, And she said, I came from immigrant parents. And call me old school, but my kids need to go to college. Whether they like it or not, they're going to college. Whether they do it, whatever they do after those four years, they can do whatever the hell they want. They want to keep going to school, great. They don't want to go to school, great. But they are going to college for at least four years. 
uh, and getting a degree because it matters to me and it matters to my to my immigrant uh, family, and it's that's the way this is going to work. And I'm sure there are plenty of people like that. Like, I feel the exact um, same way. I feel the know? exact same way. My son, I'm like, dude, listen to me. You just go to school. You get a bachelor's degree. You hang it on the wall. And I don't care what you do after that. But I'm just telling you, just get it out of the way. Check the box. That's all. So, Lindsay, uh, would, you, would you date a guy who, doesn't, who, you know, who didn't go to college or didn't finish yes. college or whatever? I think like um, most many of the guys that I've dated um, did not go to finish college. Um, more recently, like he's a, one of the guys that I dated, he's like a boiler maker and he makes a lot of money. Like, yeah, as soon as you're done well, with that your was, that was my, my, my friend's husband's point is that all yeah, the these trades. like jobs that are considered blue collar are, uh, make a lot of money now because there's not enough, yep. there's not as many people that do it. So these businesses make a ton of money. And 100%. if you start early, if you start at 18, 19, 20 years old, you get that leg up, you get an appreciation for money. I just, I was the first person in my family to go to college. I can remember my grandfather who quit school in seventh grade. I can remember my grandfather crying. Like I never saw my grandfather cry. Tears were streaming down his eyes as I was leaving to go to college. And so it's not because I think that you need a college degree, and I'm not even sure that it gives you any leg up like it did maybe 20 or 30 years ago. I just want my kids to just get it done yeah, I, and I check the box. I get it. I get it, but I feel awesome. like it just doesn't it doesn't hold the, the weight that it used to, you know? I, I agree. Completely it agree. is also crazy, totally ridiculously overpriced, too, in a lot of ways, you know, for particularly states-owned schools, you know? Um, but that's another discussion for another day. All right, that is Big Deal or No Deal each and every day at 6.30 here on the show. Uh, coming up next, it is a national day that we will all love, and the fact that it's on a Taco Tuesday is even better. I'll explain what that's all about. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ay, Dios mío. Vaxed and ready to wax or whatever you said. Vaxed and waxed or whatever. ¿Qué vamos a hacer? Man, I hate the fact that it's getting so dark so early now. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a bummer. I I don't love um is this is standard time that we're going to switch to. It's still technically daylight savings time. But I love daylight savings time. I like when it's darker later. Right. Um, like 8:30 at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't love the sun being up like super early either. Yeah, I know it's getting to that point. When, when is when do we switch the clocks? Do we do we I think it's fall, November? We fall backwards, is that right? We don't No, I think it's soon. I think it's in like 2 weeks. Really? Yeah. Cuz then you know it's, it's going to happen. It'll I be I thought they changed it to November. Five. Yeah. Oh, if they changed it then that is news to me. A couple of years ago they changed it. I feel like I we voted on. You're right. November 7th. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's actually more than a couple of years ago now. I think I think it might have been the George W. Bush administration. Oh, really? So, <laughs> it was a long time ago now. Yeah, that is yeah. going back a while. That's for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, but I do. I wish daylight savings time was uh, the, the the standard time all year round. Yeah, me too. Me too. So where were you going? You were about to tell us something about Taco Tuesday and a day that today. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, fill me it's in. National Beer Day, bro. Oh. National Beer Day. That's it. Just yeah. National Beer Day. Well, I believe it technically it is National Beer Drink a Beer Day. Sorry. Ah, Drink a Beer Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing. Yeah, but you know how these these national days go now, George? Like every day, there's like 10 days that they're national of. I'll give you an example. I didn't know, and tell me if you did, I did not know that I believe it was Sunday. Did you know that Sunday was National Daughters Day? I did not until after the fact, and then I felt bad on social media that I hadn't posted Same. anything. Yet. I feel like yeah. such a, a... And I skipped a, Sundays. National Sunday was on a Monday. That doesn't even make sense. National no, I think it's Sunday. Or, or it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah it was I didn't yesterday. see it. You know, I didn't see it anywhere. Yeah. Wait, National Sunday, as in S U N D A E, like a, an ice cream no. Sunday. No, no, son, S O N, like oh, your daughter. Male, oh my god, like your male spawn. Oh yes. my god, I'm so glad you're saying this because I missed National Daughter Day. Didn't know anything about it. Saw everybody yeah. posting on social media and thought, "Well, I'm already late to the party. What do I do? Do I yeah. post a picture of me and my three yeah, daughters? Yeah, you got to post. Okay, you post so, something. Even if you're a day late, you post. So I, but I didn't do it. Okay, and then yesterday you're saying was National Sun, National Sunday, yes. And I didn't post a picture yesterday with my son either because I felt like, oh, now great, now I'm going to post a picture of my son for National Sunday, but I didn't post a picture for my daughter. Dad, you forgot about us, right? Right. I feel like so. You should just post a day late on all of them. I should just post and say, hey, it's National Family Day, and then everybody will post pictures of their family. Like I didn't know it was National Family Day. Yeah, it I don't, I don't I know if you'll up. get that. I don't think you'll get that moving like that, though. You don't think so? Well, how do you yeah, think this all started? Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Well, it well who work starts? You Somebody's got to start them. Somebody's got to start know. National Something Day like like the wave at a stadium. Somebody's got to start it. I think it, it, it becomes like one of these. There's you know there's like a national calendar, like uh, and it's on the national calendar. I have I like an know. official website. It's national. Yeah today.com national day is, calendar or something or other right yeah, yeah they the just one keep I adding to it well it did not have national son or daughter day on there but it, it did have some weird ones that i've never heard of that a lot of people probably never heard of before so it's kind of the whole thing is kind of confusing i'm with you cap yeah i feel bad i feel bad that i didn't post on national daughter day but it's like i told my daughters i didn't know it was national daughter day you'll have to excuse me i mean i grew up my whole life there was never national daughter's day there was mother's day there was father's day there was valentine's yeah. day yeah, you know, it was Christmas I'm with Day. You. I, you know, I, it's, it, you know, I'm not always with you, but I'm with you on this one. Well, I appreciate that. It's good to have the. Two I posted of us a day late on both, though. I posted the oh, son thing today and the daughter thing yesterday. All right, so you. But I went and for I made it. sure to write hashtag late post. <laughs> Happy belated. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you should do that, Cap, just to pacify everybody. You know what I should, and what right. I'll do is I'll do it on Instagram, and I'll do it like the first slide will be me and my daughters. The second slide will be me and my son. And I'll be like, hey, right. National and Daughter's Day. Two for one. Right. Yeah. And, and Sunday. That's exactly right. Now, so do, you think, do you think then the, the kids will be upset that you did a two for one? No, I don't think so. I don't think any of my kids follow me on any of these platforms. They're like, Dad, you're lame. I'm out. You know, I'm not following you anymore. Oh. Okay. Well, then, they're, I mean, then that's fine. Then just do it anyway. Just to yeah. appease them. Just in case someone else sees it and tells them. But let me tell well, you a quick speaking- story. Oh, go ahead, I was going to say, speaking of posts, Cap, did you post a vid- that video of you getting your nose waxed or whatever? I did not. Um, I have in Didn't the you past. Do that? I have in the past posted pictures of me getting my nose, my nostrils waxed. Um, I did get my nostrils waxed yesterday. 
George, I'm going to tell you something. I think my days of having my nostrils waxed are done. I think I'm over. I think I'm done with it. I don't think I'm going to do it ever again. Okay. No, it's true. Why not? Well, a couple reasons. I feel like the woman who did it, um, she takes too much pleasure in seeing me in pain. That's number one. Number two, yesterday she used the wrong wax on my left nostril. She used like this much softer, more liquidy wax, and then she realized she'd made a mistake. And I'm still picking this wax out of my nose. But in my right nostril, she must have done such a great job of pulling out every last hair on my nostril. And then you know what happens is now I've got inner nostril zits. An inner nostril zit. Ew, TMI. No, 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 this is important. An inner nostril zit is one of the most painful things on the planet. And it is almost impossible to pop an inner nostril zit. So then your nose gets all red and they're like, hey, what's going on with your nose? Like, oh, it's on the inside. I got my nostrils waxed. There's a giant zit in there. Here, you want to see? Look. And it's just, it's, it's, I can't do it anymore. I am, I am honestly going to go cold turkey and I'm done with nostril waxing after yesterday's experience. George, any advice, any feedback? I mean, if you're getting zits, then, you know, I don't know. Maybe you should, do you, do you like, do you face, like inside you're saying? Yeah, in on the inside, on the inside. Yeah. Mm. You ever have one? I was going to say, if it's like, if it's like on like the borders of your nose, then that should be more like a wash thing. But yeah, no, on it's the on inside, I don't have a lot of advice for you. I don't know. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. It's bad, man. I'm going to take a tweezer. I'm going to take a light. I'm going to flash it up there. I'm going to try and find it and get it. Because then there's that relief. When you finally get it, you're like, oh, that feels so much better. Yeah, but that's got to hurt. Oh, it hurts like a mofo right now, dude. Um, I think what you need to do mm-hmm. is go pop the zit mm-hmm. and Try then and go have a beer on National Drink a Beer Day. It's a very good idea. To very, relieve very the pain idea. a little bit. Yeah. You very know? good idea. Hey, um, before we get out of here, let me tell you guys a very brief and quick story. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell this to you really quick. Are you sure it's going to be brief? I'm going to. Well, how long until we're out of here? Alex, oh, how we, long do we have? We, we have like two minutes, two and a half okay, minutes. Okay, I can do this. I can do this okay. right now. This, this will be a record, but I can do it. Okay. George, as you well know, I live in the southernmost portion of L.A. Mm-hmm. It's called San Diego. And um, when I took this gig at, at 710, you know, we were in the middle of the pandemic. Nobody was going anywhere. Everybody was working from home. So nobody has said to me yet, like, hey, we need you in L.A. every day. And when they do, I will. But last night, I walked into one of my favorite Mediterranean restaurants to pick up some takeout. I was with my oldest daughter, Jillian, and we're standing there waiting for the food. And this gentleman walks up to me and he says, hey, Scott, um, Cap, he called me Cap. He goes, Cap, hey, big fan, been listening to you for years on the radio, and I love Sedano and Cap. I love the show. I, I drive around L.A. all day. I'm in my car. I'm stuck in my car, and I love the show. And I said, well, hey, thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate it. I'm always flattered when somebody says something like that. So what are you doing down here? And he points over at his family, and there's a table filled with women, like six or seven ladies. And he said, he said, listen, he goes, I was down here today, and I was listening to the radio on my way down. My brother was in, had cancer and was in the hospital at the University of California, San Diego. And I said, oh, man, I'm really sorry to hear that. And he goes, well, literally, he looked at his watch, and he goes, he died like three hours ago. And he was telling me how much pleasure he receives from listening to 710 he loves the station he's he's loves the show and he's like you don't understand how much pleasure and humor and fun you've brought to my life while i was going through this really hard time and george 
Lindsay, Alex, and everybody listening, you have no idea. I have chills right now. My daughter's standing there listening to this whole thing. And the next thing you know, me and this guy are like tearing up and we're hugging in the middle of this restaurant. We've never met before. And, and he, he's a 710 listener. He's a Sedano and Cap listener. His brother had died hours earlier. The family decided, well, hey, we'll go. You know, what are we going to do? We'll go, we'll go grab something to eat. We'll talk. We'll hang out. And we're like crying on each other's shoulders. So a shout out to Alec Mohareri. I hope I'm saying his last name right, which I obviously just didn't. Mohareri. Alec, if you're listening, sending you and your family love. Glad you love the station and the show. And I'm sorry to hear about your brother. And I'm just sending you all this love. And I just wanted to say that before we got out of here today, guys. Yeah, man. Condolences. And thank you, of course, for listening. But most importantly, condolences. Um, well, we got a roll here. Kaplan, excellent work as always. Yeah, great job, George. Thanks, man. Great job, Lindsay and Alex. We will talk to you mañana. See ya. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.